Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 120. Preface to Paradise Lost, The Machinery of Evil. Jenny and I have been hard at work over the last few months editing and finalizing our next book for publication. In the last two weeks or so, the preparations have reached a fever pitch and a last-minute complication prevented our scheduled episode for this week's Christian Atheist. As Jenny finalizes the publication details, therefore, we decided to offer all of you another sneak peek at the book. What follows is the preface to the second Christian Atheist book, Paradise Lost, The Machinery of Evil. Preface Why should I read Paradise Lost? We inhabit a unique and very strange time in human history, and because we inhabit it, we are often utterly unaware how very, very strange it is. This is as true of Christians and theists as it is of atheists and secularists. In many ways, the modern world has marginalized the center and centralized the margins. Another way of expressing the same point is to say we have inverted the natural and historical order of things, turned them upside down. A pyramid stands because its broad base is on the ground. If we invert it, we should be able to imagine the practical effects. Though, If we actually invert a pyramid, our imagination is irrelevant to what happens. There is a proper order to our world, even when we choose to ignore it, or imagine that we can change it to suit us. The prophet Isaiah warned of a time like this, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Isaiah 5, 20-21. What brings on such an inversion? Quote, They do not regard the work of the Lord, nor consider the operation of his hands. Verse 12. The order God has established is both evident and revealed. We can imagine the world to be other than what it is, but our rationalizations do not change reality, and our relationship to ourself, to our mind, has but two fundamental options. Our mind is ours, or it is God's. Either we seek to conform our minds to reality, or we seek to make reality conform to our minds. Reality, however, does not change. I am the Lord. I change not. If we choose to claim our mind as our own, 
as Satan does in Paradise Lost. Reality remains reality. Only our relationship to it changes. On this hangs everything else we do as human beings. And this central truth plays out graphically throughout Paradise Lost. I would argue that this central truth is also what is, in practical logic, playing out across the Western world today. Abandoning the notion that transcendence, truth with a capital T, claims our rational allegiance, we have substituted our vain imaginations. We imagine that a man can be a woman, that a child can and should be allowed to choose their gender, that the ideal of one man for one woman in an exclusive and inseparable bond for life is anachronistic, that sex is recreational and not exclusive, that children are commodities to be sacrificed to the Carthaginian Moloch in order to serve our twisted self-gratifications. For a supposedly secular age, we serve a very diverse pantheon of deities. Why should we read Paradise Lost today? It is, after all, a very old poem, not in tune with modern sensibilities. Perhaps, though, this is the very reason we should be reading it. The water in which we swim has become so turgid, we can no longer see our way forward or recall any value in our way behind. We stand at a crossroad. We can continue this turgid path to destruction, or we can choose a new path. Or rather, we can choose an old path. The prophet Jeremiah had some advice for his countrymen in a similar situation. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Jeremiah 6.16 In this sense, Paradise Lost is a window through which we can glimpse the world anew, afresh, as another age viewed it. C.S. Lewis expressed a similar sentiment in A Preface to Paradise Lost. Quote, The examples I have cited warn us that those stock responses which we need in order to be even human are already in danger. And as a brief parenthetical, I record this episode after the weekend of October 7th and 8th, 2023, when the Hamas terrorists struck Israel with a ferocity and brutality bereft of human sensibilities, but which nevertheless will be both excused and justified by a vocal and prominent segment of our Western intelligentsia. 
a graphic example of what C.S. Lewis just spoke of here, that those stock responses which we need to be even human are already in danger. Indeed, they are. Continuing, in the light of that alarming discovery, there is no need to apologize for Milton or for any other pre-romantic poet. The older poetry, by continually insisting on certain stock themes, as that love is sweet, death bitter, virtue lovely, and children or gardens delightful, was performing a service not only of moral and civil, but even of biological importance. Once again, the old critics were quite right when they said that poetry instructed by delighting, for poetry was formerly one of the chief means whereby each new generation learned not to copy, but by copying to make the good stock responses. Since poetry has abandoned that office, the world has not bettered. While the moderns have been pressing forward to conquer new territories of consciousness, the old territory in which alone man can live has been left unguarded, and we are in danger of finding the enemy in our rear. We need most urgently to recover the lost poetic art of enriching a response without making it eccentric, and of being normal without being vulgar. Meanwhile, until that recovery is made, such poetry as Milton's is more than ever necessary to us. End quote. I have but one more comment to offer. It seems to Jenny and me in October 2023 that the enemy we study here in Paradise Lost has never altered his tactics or his target. In a word, his primary target is godly marriage, and each incremental step over the last two centuries to infect and undermine it, from the feminist movement to gay marriage to transgenderism, has been successful, infecting the minds even of the faithful. Unless we return to living hand in hand with our spouses and fight for the restoration of the ideal, we are doomed. Looking back on our current age from the perspective of Paradise Lost can help us see how very, very strange is the world we have created, how inverted, how evil. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. 
You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.